Welcome back to the second half with the Astros and the Rangers playing yesterday. And now we're back to full slates. Baseball's back, and we are back on Fantasy Baseball today. Welcome to this Kokomo Friday edition of the show. Adam Azer, Scott White, Chris Towers. We're going to be joined by Dane Martinez from the Fantasy Sports Network in about a half hour or so. Hey, how was, uh, how was baseball yesterday? I enjoyed the game. It was fun. Learned a lot of good stuff. For example, I learned from Buster Only that Lance Lynn is second in pitcher war behind only Max Scherzer. How about that, guys? Hmm. Was it B war or F war? But it was some B, other version of war. B for Buster. I believe it's F war. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. That good for. Down with war. I prefer B. I prefer the war of Jenkins' ear. I, I prefer Lance Lynn. He has been really good. We're going to talk about him. We've got uh, just a few news items for you here. Chris has second-half sleepers and second-half breakouts. They are up on the website, and we're going to talk about them. It's going to be wonderful. Um, I want to talk about Austin Meadows, who's been terrible, D. Gordon, who's been terrible. we got some fill-in-the-blank from the listeners. Let's start, though, with the game last night. A 5-0 win for the Texas Rangers, pretty much all of their scoring coming early on. Did they score five in the first inning or four in the first inning? Let's see. They scored four, and then they scored one more in the third. Uh, Framber Valdez. I'm not sure Framber Valdez is going to be a three-star pitcher. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't do Yeah, well. I have serious doubts about that. Yeah. Yes. Oops. Yes. Although, although AJ Hinch um, had some, I, I, I thought given the given the situation, some pretty favorable comments about Valdez afterward, how dominant he can be at times. So I, you know. I think there's a good chance he gets sent down and doesn't even make a second start. But just put Josh James in the rotation. The just what? put Josh James in the rotation. I want to see it. That's going to take a while because Josh James is not stretched out. He's pitching one inning at a time. Yeah, it's going to be Matthew. He's fine. Boyd. It's going to be, be Matthew, Matthew Boyd. Boyd. Could be Matthew. You, Boyd. what would really be fun is Trevor Bauer. Oh, that would be uh, fun. <laughs> controversial. I believe him and Garrett Cole don't like each yeah. other. That would be great. I, I'm just here for the entertainment value. So, yeah. So, uh, I want to I want to toot my own horn because that's what I do here. Um, what was it? Five-ish years ago when I first saw <laughs> Matt Boyd pitch? I was like, wow, this guy's got some good stuff. He's pitching for the Blue Jays. I watched his Major League debut. And it only took me like half a decade to be right about Matt Boyd. So... I think Framber Valdez, if he's in the rotation next year or in a rotation next year, I would not give up on him. I, I don't know that you're getting anything from Valdez this year, but there's there's a lot to like there. So, uh, cool when, story, bro. If he's good, you can thank me for it is basically, I guess, what I'm saying. Thank you, Chris. It was a cool story. I look forward I to following that. up in 2024. <laughs> Hopefully it won't take that long. Um, all right, so anything else from this game? How about Jordan Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez? Uh, I tried to find his slump. Okay, he hasn't homered in his last seven games, but he's batting 360 with five doubles in those games. He only has one intentional walk to eight strikeouts, so the 
the plate discipline for Jordan Alvarez hasn't been as good as it was in the minors, but it's still been pretty good. But he, I mean, his walk-to-strikeout ratio is basically 0-8 to eight in his last seven games. I, I'm trying to find a reason to be disappointed. Well, I'm looking for something here, but the storyline is like Jordan Alvarez has just been amazing since coming up, and he got off to that incredible start. It hasn't really stopped, and he's batting three thirty-eight with seven home runs and seven doubles in 20 games. And, you know... F- like we talked about Vlad so much this week, we haven't really talked about Alvarez probably in a couple of weeks. Scott, your rest of season outlook for Alvarez and where you're ranking him? I have a rank pretty high. I just did a trade chart yesterday, um, trying to remember exactly where. I could probably find exactly where, but yeah, I have him ranked high. That I think the one concerning thing I see is that uh, it's not a good strikeout rate you know it's not a really scary strikeout rate but it's it's the sort of strikeout rate that would lead me to believe if he's not making the ridiculous quality of contact like if that itself isn't sustainable at the level he's done um you know there 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 could be a downturn here i'm not really interested in selling high on him because I don't think he's established enough to really do that. And I don't think the fall is going to be that great. I mean, but it stands to reason just 338 batting average, 701 slugging percentage. He's not that good. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all pretty readily acknowledge that Austin Riley was a great sell high candidate after his incredible start. And that turns out to have been pretty prescient. So, yeah, I think if, if someone, I think I view Jordan Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez pretty similarly to how I view Austin Riley at the same. I mean, at it's, a similar it's, point. The strikeout rate isn't nearly no. Riley. So. No, I I still think more regression is coming from Riley. Well, he's got a 740 OPS uh, over his last 35 games. So, well, Alvarez right now, Scott has him ranked 21st uh, at outfield after Bryce Harper, Max Kepler, Tommy Pham. Before Marcelo Zuna, Austin Meadows, and Andrew Benintendi, he doesn't feel as much of a sell high as as uh, Austin Riley did. Partially because we were so excited about him getting called up, we loved his pedigree. He was the best hitter in the minors, right? And he he's it's playing out that way. I'm not saying Austin Riley was bad by any any stretch in the minors, but the, the, I mean, this what he feels did surprised like, us. This does feel a bit like revisionist history, because like. People were very mad at Scott when he said so high on Austin Riley. But he was right. Right, but that's, we just haven't seen what Jordan Alvarez is going to regress. Okay, but Austin Riley didn't walk. You know, he's got nine, he's got nine walks, Jordan Alvarez, in 20 mm-hmm. games. That's excellent. One yeah. of them, at least one of them intentional. Austin Riley has 10 walks in 49 games. So that's sure. a big difference, too. I'm not saying they're the exact same player, but there's obviously regression coming. So it's just a question of how much regression is coming. And I would guess he's probably closer to like an 850 OPS bat. And if you can move him for something more than that, I think you should try to do it. All right. Well, 850 is not so bad. Okay. uh, uh, One more thing. Oh, Lance Lynn. We got to talk about Lance Lynn. Did I honestly Mm. skip Lance Lynn? I honestly skipped Lance Lynn. 11 strikeouts and seven (laughs) scoreless innings. His fastball was so good yesterday. I mean, he he just located it beautifully. And this is this is actually a, a fun game to watch, at least the first few innings or so. The first inning was very fun to watch. 
But this is five straight starts of seven or more innings, 10 straight starts with 100 or more pitches, 134 Ks in 122 innings, a 121 whip, a 369 ERA, 12 wins. I mean, what more can you say about Lance Lynn? Is anybody buying it rest of season? Maybe stupid not to, right? You're, I think you're a little ornery today, I'm Chris. pretty, But I'm pretty stupid. Chris, let's talk. Are you okay? I feel like you're a little ornery. I didn't. I came in a little late, and I haven't had my Diet Coke. Oh, that's a good mm. thing. But I wasn't calling anyone else stupid. As you'll, I, I was calling myself stupid because yeah. for, yeah. For, yeah. For, for no reason, I don't buy it. Like, I'm not even saying it's, a, it's, it's like I have some secret insight into Lance. I can't give you an explanation. <laughs> I just don't buy it. And I'm just going to continue being wrong about Lance Lynn, I guess, because... I just have a really hard time seeing how someone can continue to be successful in Major League Baseball in 2019 throwing 23 breaking balls last night. Yeah. I I mean it that's I mean that was the formula for success before Tommy John's surgery too, the four-year stretch with the Cardinals where it was is it was at times confounding then too. Obviously aside from the ERA itself with which Pip suggests he's had bad luck in that regard. But aside from the ERA itself, uh, everything's even better. The numbers are even better than during that four-year stretch with the Cardinals. But the biggest difference might be that he's, you know, he's just figured out how to throw strikes better than he did in those days. He has better control than he did in those days. And if he's recaptured the pre-Tommy John stuff along with that, uh, I, I guess it's reasonable that he take a step forward. I, I don't know. It's been hard to explain for two and a half months, but my stance on Lance Lynn has always been like, it's so hard to find a pitcher in this environment <laughs> who can deliver starts like he's been delivering for two and a half months that how are you giving that up? Unless you're getting a pitcher in return who can also do that, but not many people are giving up those pitchers. Right. By the way, speaking of which, I, I am thinking about trading Fernando Tatis for Shane Bieber. How do you guys feel about that? I have Corey. Seager. I feel good about that. Yeah, I, I I can tell you. I remember exactly where Shane Bieber is in the latest trade chart. Now it is head to head, a head to head point trade chart, which elevates all the pitchers a little bit. But I have Bieber nineteenth overall. Yeah, yeah, man, those strikeouts wow. are so good. But it's just like yeah, you got depth at hitting, you don't have it at pitching in most cases. Um, okay, Lance Lynn, Scott's updated rankings is Lance Lynn twenty seventh. Heath has him thirtieth overall. And right behind Lance Lynn is James Paxton for Scott. And what I heard on the broadcast yesterday was that James Paxton is the only pitcher that throws a higher percentage of his pitches as fastballs than Lance Lynn. That taught me by surprise. I didn't think that was the case, but that's what they said. Uh, final note on this game, just real quick because I want to move on. Uh, Robinson Chirinos at one point looked like one of the true must-start catchers in his last... 15 games, he's batting 152 with only one extra base hit. It was a double. He's been terrible. Do you think Robinson Chirinos is droppable for a hot hand play like a Danny Danny Jansen could be more than just a hot hand play, but Danny Jansen, Carson Kelly doesn't play that much. Mitch Garver is not playing that much lately. Like, Do you think uh, Robinson Chirinos is droppable? Roberto Perez. Roberto Perez. Less than 50% owned. He's on a 29 homer pace, and he starts more regularly than Chirinos. Uh, Yeah, I, I... I think in a one catcher league, that's fine. I I I would still bet Torino's finishes ahead of a lot of those guys, but I don't think you're I don't think you're forfeiting too much upside if you want to pursue the upside of like a Jansen or or yeah, I'd I'd flip I'd swap him out for Perez at this point. 
All right. Today's sponsor yeah. is Indochino. Get a custom suit for just $369 at Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Use the code FBT at checkout. $369 for a custom suit is an amazing deal. FBT at checkout. You don't have to worry about getting a tailor or anything like that. Uh, it's great stuff. Indochino.com, FBT, the code. News and notes, Yadier Molina is on the IL with a thumb injury. He could return within three weeks. We just named some catchers you could look for. Matt Carpenter is off the IL for St. Louis. Kansas City called up outfielder Bubba Starling, who was the fifth overall pick way back in 2011. Same draft as Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer, I believe. And uh, does does Bubba Starling matter for the Kansas City Royals for fantasy owners? He has an 806 OPS with the juiced ball. So it's a little hard to get excited. But maybe Scott's more excited. I am ornery today. You are. (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm excited. I I look for him in like my AL only leagues, my you know, twenty four team dynasty league. Um, because he was such like when his minor league career started, it's like, wow, this guy is an all time bust. And you know, he's really turned things around the past couple of years. Has he turned it around enough that he's going to be an asset in fantasy? Yeah, I think that's I think that's suspect, but with the Royals, he can probably find semi-regular bats if you know if he isn't terrible and sent back down right away. You are going to have a hard time. I I have no idea if this is true, but I'm going to say it anyway. You're going to have a hard time finding a better top 15 than what the 2011 MLB draft gave us. Garrett Cole, Danny Holtson, Trevor Bauer, Dylan Bundy, Bubba Starling. Anthony Rendon, Archie Bradley, Francisco Lindor, Javier Baez, Corey Spangenberg, George Springer, Taylor Youngman, Brandon Nimmo, Jose Fernandez, and Jed Bradley. So that is Garrett. You could have just stopped at 14. Well, I could have. Yeah, who stops at 14? Cole, Bauer, Rendon, Archie Bradley, Lindor, Javi Baez, George Springer, Jose Fernandez, and then like Brandon Nimmo and Dylan Bundy, respectable. It's quite a draft. Quite a draft. CJ Crone. Sonny Gray? Sonny Gray, yeah. I Lots of guys. Wanna, Colton uh, Wong? Could have kept going. Could have kept going. Uh, That's a weird collection of guys who I would not have guessed were drafted together. Like, I would not have guessed Francisco Lindor and Anthony Rendon were in the same draft class. That just yeah. does not make sense in my brain. <laughs> Alex Bredman got hit by ground ball. Uh, needed stitches on his chin. Hunter Pence could be back this weekend. The Atlantic League is experimenting with stealing first base. So I believe it is like, you know what happens if you strike out and the ball gets past yeah. the catcher? Well, that can yeah. happen now at any point in the at-bat if the ball gets past Whoa. the catcher. That's yeah, I think if it, if it hits so the ground, you can run. Right, right. So move Javi Baez up your draft boards, folks. <laughs> <laughs> San Diego is interested in Matt Boyd, and St. Louis is interested in Will Smith. If the Cardinals acquired Will Smith, do you think he stays as a closer? I do. I think Adam would yeah. be taking a big L. What? We had our big Will Smith uh, debate the other day. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Okay, Chris, you are yeah. uh, you have the spotlight on you today. I want your second oh, half sleepers and your second half breakouts, you cranky, cranky man. But I don't want all of them. I want your three or four favorites from the columns you wrote. Let's start with your sleepers. Give me your three or four favorites. Okay, I'll start with Tyler Malley. Uh, I've been interested in him all season. I know... Most people probably scoff at that because you look at his major league track record before this season, especially, but even, you know, he hasn't been great this season, but 
he is a completely different pitcher than he had been the last couple of seasons. His pitch mix is entirely different. He's throwing, he's basically ditched his slider. He's throwing a curveball and a cutter. And he has turned into, I think, a much better pitcher. And if you look at some of the underlying numbers, he actually looks a lot like Shane Bieber did last year before his breakout. 26% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate, 44% ground ball rate. Uh, FIP and Sierra in the mid to high threes. Not quite as good as the peripherals that we saw from Shane Bieber last year, mostly because of that walk rate. But 6.4% is still a very good walk rate. And I think... There is a chance, especially as he continues to lower his fastball usage and rely more on those new secondary pitches, that he could have a very good second half. Okay, he's going to need those secondary pitches because his big problem, Tyler Malley, is not being able to pitch deep into games. He's only 36% mm-hmm. owned, and there was a game, uh, it was a few a couple of starts ago, he gave up one run through six innings, they let him come out for the seventh, and he did not record an out. So, you know, he's got ERA over seven yeah. third time through the order. But, but yeah, like, there's potential there. There's good things to like about Malley. That's why well, he's a sleeper. Well, that's, that's, that's what I wonder about, too, is he, he has changed his, yeah, thrown a slower breaker now, changed his mix. I'm, I'm just not sure. It's, I believe he's also throwing a really splitter leap recently. <laughs> like, I mean, it like is. Bieber, Bieber had that great swing in this slider from the beginning, and, and Bieber, uh, Malley swings – Swinging strikes basically a, a large majority of them still come on his fastball, which he still throws about sixty percent of the time. So, okay, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure I'm seeing. All right, all right, Chris. Uh, that's not going to make Chris any less cranky. Go ahead. Who's, who's your next? <laughs> no, number? it's it's fine. Scott's Scott's allowed to have his wrong opinion. <laughs> uh, remember Danny Salazar? No, he's I, working I, his I way back. Not by yes, it. yes, yeah, yes, no. yes. Okay. He's working his way back from shoulder injury. We haven't seen him pitch since 2017, but right. when he was pitching in 2017, he had a 33% strikeout rate over about 100 innings. And the Indians are still moving forward with the idea of him as a starter. Um, you know, there's a possibility he gets moved to the bullpen, but right now they're going to have him pitch every fifth day, see how he reacts. If he can hold up, I think he definitely has a chance to be a really good pitcher in the second half. I know there, the podcast has had some arguments about exactly how good uh, Danny Salazar is, and I think he might have been one of the ERA matters guys because he always tended to underperform his peripherals and was more of a mid-threes to high-threes ERA guy. But mm-hmm. if he can be a mid to high-threes ERA guy with a 29% strikeout rate or something in that range, He's going to be really useful, and yeah. he's 20% owned right now. I actually, okay, I shouldn't have dismissed him so quickly. I, I did that maybe more for entertainment value. Uh, Danny Salazar, I was I was typically on the high side with Danny Salazar, so I don't think he was one of the ERA Matters guys. I always kind of made the case was, for Danny Salazar. Scott usually didn't. Um, he doesn't yeah, pitch would, deep yeah, in the games. Yeah, I think it was an innings matter. Yeah, he's very but, inefficient. But, but, sure, and, and but that's, that's all that's fair. like the thing now. That Danny Salazar was a trendsetter because nobody pitches deep into games. Right, but and, and all that's fair. <laughs> totally fair those are legitimate criticisms about his game even when he was at his best and healthy but there's a difference between having to draft him as a top 100 player and right, getting right. him for free on the waiver wire. all right sure. w- one more uh sleeper chris then we'll do breakouts i'll give a hitter and that is justin smoke who if you look at the underlying numbers might be hitting better than he ever has including that that breakout 2017 season 
He's been awful since coming back from the IL. He wasn't particularly great before that, but even since coming off the IL, he's got a 16% walk rate and ISO well north of 200. He has the lowest striker rate, highest walk rate of his career, matching the best ever expected WOBA that he's ever had. I think there's a lot of good things going on in Justin Smoke's profile right now, and he just has a 224 BABIP. I think if he if he sees that normalized just a bit, we could have a big second half for Justin Smoke. Obviously, first base is very deep, but I think he can be someone who is useful in the second half. Okay. Danny Salazar, Tyler Malley, Justin Smoke, just three of the names. If you go to cbssports.com slash fantasy slash baseball, you will see the rest of the list, and you will see the rest of Chris's breakouts. We're going to get to Chris's second-half breakouts right after this quick break on Fantasy Baseball today. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome back. Quick programming announcement. If you're watching our video on YouTube or CBS Sports, uh, we're only going to have about five more minutes of video. Then when we bring Dane on, it'll be just audio only. It will not affect any of you podcast listeners. Okay, Chris, your second half breakouts. Give me your three or four faves. Faves means favorites, by the way. What's that? Faves means favorites. It's short for favorites. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We always struggle with, like, the breakout term especially. Uh, so I'm gonna need some some rulings. Does can JD Martinez qualify as a second half no. breakout? No. Yeah, if he if he if he's like one of the three best hitters in fantasy, yes. And I, I think I like that's what I expected coming into the season. Most of the peripherals back it up. I don't see very much. Like he's been a disappointment so far. Yes, I, I don't even think that's a question. A hundred percent. And I think Mild. like he was the basically the only non steals guy taken in the first round who wasn't a pitcher and so Fair he enough. doesn't just need to be good as a hitter he needs to be you know arguably the best hitter in baseball like he was last season I think he still will be his his exit velocity is down a little bit but not so much that it's concerning it's actually higher than it was in 2017 which was his really big breakout season uh you look at the batted ball profile it all suggests that he should be just about as good as he was last season if I could trade Someone like Fernando Tatis for J.D. Martinez, I would do that right now. I think that's a great combination of buy low and sell high. He is the number 37 hitter in points and somewhere around 40th in Roto. It's pretty surprising. And there's a, there's a, hopefully a lot more. And his numbers are really good. It's just not not totally standing out. Yeah. All right, give me another he, second. He was, yeah. he was 13th on yesterday's trade chart. Yeah, okay. Give me another second. So you agree breakout. 100%. Yeah. But, uh, Jack Flaherty who I was down on coming into the season and 
Looks like I was right, but I wasn't right in the way I expected to be. I thought he would struggle with his command and control, and that really hasn't been the case. He just hasn't been been getting swings and misses uh, on the slider and curveballs, and especially the curveball has been an issue. But, you know, like the peripherals actually aren't that great. This isn't a, this isn't a situation where you can just look at it and say, well, he has a 4.64 ERA, but he has a 3.6 whip or Sierra, so he's going to be better. His peripherals are pretty middling, but I think in this instance, buy into the talent, buy into the pedigree, buy into it at a reduced rate because he's still that talented guy we thought he was coming into the season. Somebody else paid that premium price for him, and now you can swoop in and grab him, and I think he is someone who could have a very, very good second half. I still believe in that big talent level. Man, I'm a little nervous. It's just it's just not happening. He's been so inconsistent. And Scott, I want to know where you are in Flaherty, but but for for, you know, reference, I think it's probably pretty easy. I would trade uh I would trade Tatis for Bieber. I would not even think about trading Tatis for Flaherty. I'm trying to think of guys yeah, sure. I I would trade for Flaherty. I might trade like Conforto for Flaherty or something. And I like Conforto a lot. Um but I'm not trading anyone that I think can be elite. For Flaherty, no way. Scott, do you think Flaherty's a, a buy low? Do you believe in his second half breakout for him? I, I think it's definitely possible. I'm sure I rank him higher than his performance to date suggests. Uh, and, and there are a lot of there. There's there's clear talent there. Um, I'm not confident he's going to figure it out this year, but I am confident he's going to figure it out in the years ahead. And it, it could be in the second half. It feels a lot like where Luis Castillo was at this point last year. Yeah. Uh, great first season really impressed everyone. The hype probably got a little too out of control in the, in the draft and then didn't get off to the start. We thought, but at the, at in this situation, when you've got someone whose price is so uh, deflated now, I think you just want to bet on the pedigree that he'll turn it around. If not, you're probably not going to have to give up too much from him. For him, I we've gotten emails that, you know, people are considering dropping Jack Flair. He's which 118th you not in yesterday's trade start. So clearly not in the drop range. Yeah. Okay. 118th overall, not a pitcher. So yeah. just to be clear, uh, last last breakout you want to spotlight? Second half breakout? Andrew Heaney. I think there's no question that he has not been good enough to be disqualified for this column. So, uh, the biggest issue so far for him right now, he's got a an average launch angle on his sinker of 25 degrees. It was 15 degrees last season, so that explains a lot of the home run issues that he's having. I think eight of the nine home runs have come on that fastball, and that's not what you would expect to happen. He's getting a decent amount of whiffs uh, with the pitch by pitching up in the zone a little more, but that's what, not what you want to see from him. You want to see him getting whiffs with his curveball and changeup, which are working really well so far. So for me, it's just if Andrew Heaney can keep the sinker down, I think he can have a really big second half. The strikeouts have been there so far. So it's really, for me, just a question of getting those home runs lower. He's not really allowing a lot of base runners. Um, so I think moving forward, Andrew Heaney can still be a mid to high three ZRA guy with a lot of strikeouts, and that's very valuable. And you can... Probably find him on the wire in a lot of leagues. Danny Salazar, Tyler Malley, and Justin Smoke as sleepers. J.D. Martinez, Jack Flaherty, and Andrew Heaney as breakouts. 
And we're going to say goodbye on video right now. When we come back, we're going to talk to Dane Martinez, our guest analyst for the remainder of the show. We'll do some fill-in-the-blank. We'll get his second-half takes and uh, look at the most added list and hopefully have time to read your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, we are back here on Fantasy Baseball Today. So we've got our special guest here. we got Dane Martinez of the Fantasy Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds with a Z. A very cool Twitter handle. And uh, he hosts two shows, by the way on fantasy he hosts make it rain from 7 to 9 a.m every monday through friday and then during the football season the fantasy freestyle from 7 to 8 p.m eastern monday and thursday during football season welcome to fantasy baseball today how you doing man i'm doing well thanks for having me on guys oh it's our pleasure all right so we got some fill in the blank from the listeners and uh we want to hear from i'm gonna let dane answer first chris and scott don't don't jump all over him like you always no, do. No, it's fine. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Be kind to the guests. There you go. I'm like chum to you guys. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in. I'm warning you guys now. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, no, no, you don't have to worry today. We know this. We know you're going Fair to. Fair enough. It's a summer Friday. Come on, guys. It is a summer. Oh, it's such a good mood right now. Okay. Casual. Half days. So, so Dane, first one, we just heard from Chris saying that Jack Flaherty is going to be a breakout in the second half. This was from Mike on Twitter. Zach Wheeler and Jack Flaherty will blank will be blank and blank starting pitchers rest of season. Wheeler and Flaherty. All right, so I, I think they're both. I think they could both be top thirty. And it's interesting with Zach Wheeler because he's going to be an answer to one of these other fill in the blanks that we have coming up. But I think, um, you know, I think both of them can wind up being in the top thirty. They can be reliable SP threes for you, uh, kind of moving forward. The only problem, in my opinion, I like Flaherty better because I like St. Louis better. You know what I mean? And so the problem with that, it depends on your settings. It depends on what stats you're talking about, right? If you got quality starts as a stat in your league I'm okay with Wheeler but the but the wins I just don't see coming and so that would be the thing that would hamper me for Wheeler but I think they both got good stuff and I think they both can be serviceable for the rest of the year for you and definitely starters on your squad I'm pretty satisfied with that answer I don't even think there's anything that needs to be said well let's go to our next one Wheeler was also one of my breakouts so I I think they're both going to be much better in the second half than they were in the first yeah okay it, it, feel, it. it feels like the fantasy baseball today consensus is that you should be buying Zach Wheeler right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, this is from Trey. Well, this might be the one that, uh, yep. that Dana... <laughs> <laughs> Blank will be traded and benefit the most from it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like when I saw the, 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 the way you listed these questions, I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking about Zach Wheeler a lot. <laughs> I think it's Zach Wheeler. Honestly, I do, because here's the thing. You go from the dumpster fire situation that is the New York Mets. I mean, literally fires going on in the Mets organization to celebrate July 4th. Right. And I think there is buzz about him being moved. You know, we hear I'm here in New York. We hear the Yankees might be interested. We hear the Bo Sox may be interested. Right. And I think when you put him in a different situation, all it may be tough if he does in fact get traded to the AL East. That's a little bit of a different animal, and I acknowledge that. I understand that they're not going to see the pitcher, you know, hitting twice, you know, twice uh, in a in every uh, start. But I still think he will benefit the most if he is in fact moved. Um, I think Zach Wheeler would be my answer to that question. Other guys that I think could move and benefit from it. How about a guy like Nick Castellanos? You know, in Detroit, like that offense scores absolutely no runs. You put him in the middle of a different kind of lineup and maybe there's more production there. Another name, if we're looking at offense that could be on the move that I think could benefit from another situation is a guy like Justin Smoke. Okay, I know he's one of those 220 guys, but he will hit you know, a bunch of bombs and if you put him in another lineup, you know, that's contending with other guys around him, he could have an uptick in production as well. Oh, alright, we just heard before you came on, Chris was talking up Justin Smoke. Oh, really? Yeah. Simpatico, yeah. And Castellanos has been better I promise, lately. I was not hearing this. <laughs> yeah, sure you were. Uh, uh, so, um, Zach uh, is having a bizarre season. I don't know if you guys know this. He's tied for the major league lead in infield hits. Who? <laughs> Nick Castellanos oh. has 14 infield hits. He's tied for the major league lead. That yeah, makes weird. me a little worried just yeah. because he's hitting 282 with an outrageous number for Nicholas Castellanos of infield hits. What would he be hitting if he just had a normal amount? of what you would expect from him. Sure. It wouldn't be in the two eighties. It would be like in the two sixties or something. But the other part for me is if he moves odds are he's going to be in a much better offense, right? So the idea of the people around him and the opportunity for productions and those counting stats of runs and RBIs, that sort of thing. I think that opportunity would dramatically increase if he was on the move. Scott, you have any candidates for blank will be traded and benefit the most from it? Well, I, I think he's less likely to be traded than than some of the guys named there. Certainly Wheeler, who's a free agent at season's end. Uh, but Matthew Boyd seems like mm. somebody who would benefit a ton from being moved. And just because his name's been out there as a possibility, he would probably be first in my list. I'm definitely rooting for him to get traded uh, just in, for the win potential, which would be huge. All right. How about uh, let's go to this one from Nick. Joey Votto will be a top blank first baseman. In the second half of the season, Dane, Joey Votto, top blank first baseman, second half of the season. You know, Joey Votto is someone that I love, <laughs> okay, especially in this day and age. I'm very like sorry to, that you're having such a rough season, Dane. It I know, I know. <laughs> and you would think, especially with the preponderance of like the three true outcomes world that we're in, you would think that Joey Votto is a guy that can still, you know, get me a decent batting average. But apparently that's not the case anymore, right? So, I mean... I still want to plant a flag and be a fan of his, but I, I can't get any higher than, say, top, I don't know, 20, maybe? You know, like he's had, he's, he's defecated the mattress all season long, and at some point, you have to kind of, you know, take what your eyes are seeing instead of, like, hoping for positive regression to the back of the baseball card. So, I mean, I would love to see it get better, but I don't think it's necessarily going to happen. Top 20, 25 is the highest I can go. What do you guys think? Joey Votto, top blank. Are we talking hitter or first baseman? First base. 
Yeah, I, I'd probably put him in about the same range. There's just too many other exciting options who are actually delivering on their promise. Right. And, and while I'm not ready to write Votto off, uh, you know, it's been two years in a row. And this year worse than last, where he's underwhelmed at an age when it, it may just be the end for him. Yeah. This Joey Votto slander will not stand. I'm going to defend uh, baseball's best dad, Vod. In Joey Votto. Last 35 games, Joey Votto is hitting 344 with a 928 OPS. He's already turned it around. Joey Votto will be no. a top 15 first base. All right, let's talk about So I've got some interesting numbers here. I didn't go as far back as Chris. I went to the last 26 games. He has a 933 OPS. He's batting 315 with four home runs and seven doubles. 933 OPS, that's really good in 26 games. During that time, Joey Votto is the number 18 first baseman in points, number 22 in Roto. Now, there's a lot that goes into that. Like I, like I said, 933 OPS, 18th in points, 22nd in Roto. He has the 22nd most runs scored among those players, the 39th most RBIs, and the 13th most hits. There are actually 11 first base eligible players with a higher batting average than that 315 with a minimum of 80 at bats. So it's not that good, but... Here's the problem with ranking infielders these days. When you say he's the number 18 first baseman in those 26 games, you are putting guys like DJ LeMahieu, Yuli right. Gurriel, Max Muncy, Whit Merrifield, Reese Hoskins, Kevin Biggio, Yasmani Grandal, Ian Desmond. All of them, eight of them, play different positions, can be used at different positions. So he could be, in that stretch, the 10th best first baseman if people right. were, you know. So that's kind of interesting. However, a 933 OPS... That's his hot streak for him to not even be a top five. You know, if he doesn't keep that up, then he's then he's really not going to be that good. You know, so there's a lot of things. A lot of things check this out, though, Adam. Like, here's another first baseman, right? That's maybe hot right now. Like, I'd rather have Jesus Aguilar than Joey Vapp. No Joey way, no, uh, no. Jesus Aguilar's not playing. He doesn't. He sits he's against righties. He does get a lot, you know. But I mean, I, I can I can see him having a power surge and helping a team just as much as you know Jody, Joey Votto like maintaining hitting well. I, I I could see that if they commit to playing him. I I, yeah. I have to take Votto. All right, let's do uh, let's do one more. Who's your favorite team day in your baseball team? Oh, I'm a Puerto Rican from the Bronx, so you know I'm a Yankee fan. Oh, I don't have any <laughs> Yankees. I uh, no, I do have one from Iron Mike. Labor Torres will finish with blank than forty home runs. Uh that's a good that's a good number. Um, we'll finish with just under forty home runs. Well, you screwed up. It's just you just said just under than forty home runs. You didn't read the question. <laughs> Less than. <laughs> Less than or equal to that good sign with like the little Jeez, line Adam. under it. The uh, less yeah, than or yeah, equal yeah. to. Okay, sign, okay. That's what I'll go with. <laughs> Slightly less than. How many games does he have left against the Orioles? Fair question. I think he has six. I think he has six. That's 12 homers. He has one more series in Camden Yards. I'll go for it. That's 12 homers there. Um, He has 19 homers in 81 games. They have about 70 games left or so. Uh, He will not hit 40, you'd think. But um, Scott, where are you on Glaber Torres? I I was surprised. I was talking about this with Chris the other day. I was surprised that he's not higher in the rankings, but he hasn't had as many at-bats as some of the other guys. Like, he's, I think, the number 10, maybe 12 shortstop because his at-bats are pretty low. He gets eighth in this order, you know? It, not, <laughs> But that's know. recently. But throughout the season, like, there were times when he was bad because of all the injuries. You know, he was oh, batting cleanup. I, I think they just give him some days off every now and then. So, um, 
I don't know. Scott, Glaber Torres, is he a stud or, or what? I think he's pretty close to a stud. I, I have him 71st in yesterday's trade chart. Uh, second base is the weakest of the infield spots, so the fact he's eligible there helps a lot. But even so, uh, there are, you know, like Ozzy Albies has come through again, obviously Cattell Marte. It pushes him close to the back end of the top 12, even at that position. But... I mean, I, I can't imagine he's owned in too many leagues where he isn't started. You know, right. I know every league where I have him, I, I never think about removing him from my lineup. So he's pretty right. close to a stud. All right. Cool. And uh, Dane, you and I have to catch a Yankees game sometime. It'll be fun. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's take a look at the most added players here in CBSSports.com leagues. And if, I, if memory serves me, Yuli Gurriel is number one on this list. And he... I think it was an Ofer yesterday. Oh, no, he's not number one. He's one of the highest hitters, but the Nelson Lamette is number one. I do want to start with Yuli Gurriel. And, Dane, your take on him, he's now 89% owned. He had homered in five straight games before the break. He'd been on the, the best streak of his life. How about this? Who would you rather own, Yuli Gurriel or Lourdes Gurriel? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, I've seen it more with Yuli, right? Uh, so I'll, I'll, and I like the offense. I like that Houston offense. Give me as many Astros as possible, especially as the weather gets warm over the summer. Okay, I think Yuri Gurriel is uh, the brother that I would go with there. All right, all right. Um, well, all right. Then let's take a look at the most added list, I guess, in general. Denelson sure. Lamet. Chris, I know Denelson Lamet was in one of your articles. Sleepers or breakouts, right? Sleeper. Sleepers. Talk about him. Would would you rather have him than Tyler Malley? Um, I actually think I would rather have Tyler Malley. Um, I'll take the guy with four pitches over the guy with two. Although Denelson Lamette, both of his pitches are very good. I just think there's probably <laughs> yeah. a hard ceiling on him getting through the lineup the third time of the order. Yeah. Whereas I think Tyler Malley, if he continues to develop his pitch mix, move away from that fastball, does at least have the potential to move yeah. through the order more more than that. Um, I, I question whether Malley has more than one pitch. The, no, those pitches have been good. Like, they may not be, like, big... Like 12% swinging strike rate is what they're getting, right? That's like, good, isn't it? Isn't that good? No, not for a secondary. For a fastball, it's great. Oh, it depends okay. which okay. one. For a curveball, it's okay. For a, sli- for a cutter, it's not great. And for a... Uh, a splitter, it's not great. But is it, isn't there more to life than just swinging strike rate, Scott White? This is why you don't know in this. Measuring, in measuring the effectiveness of a pitch, I basically just care about swinging strike rate and ground ball rate. That's that's mostly all I care about. All right, but okay. So this is but why these, this is why I didn't vote for Scott for president, for him. by the way. Um, all right, well, whatever. Talk about the Nelson Lamette, because my take on <laughs> my take on Lamette is you're going to get five innings with seven strikeouts. Yep, often. But in in 2019, that's that's pretty valuable. I think we got to we got to reframe our 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 frame of reference on what we expect from pitchers, especially guys who are on the waiver wire. If you get five innings, two runs, seven strikeouts from Denelson Lamette every time out, he's going to be pretty close to must start. Oh, th- there's a there's a big news item that I don't think I got to. Uh, Liam Hendricks is like the eighth most added player, and he's is he just he's, taking over? He is yeah. the Oakland Athletics closer. He's their closer. Yeah. Wow. D- do you got Dane? Do you think we should drop Blake Trinan, or do you think this is temporary until Trinan gets gets the stuff in order? Because it it needs to be mentioned. Liam Hendricks 
like is having his best year. He is yeah, not. I have shares of Leon Hendricks, you know, and, and the thing is he was pitching well before Trinan went down, like in the setup kind of role, you know. So I, I, I think Hendricks is for real. And, you know, this is a thing I say it all the time on, on FNTSY, the idea of you have to know your settings, right? And if you're in like – for example, if you're in a saves plus holds league, it doesn't matter when Trinan comes back, you know, because Hendricks yeah. is still going to get you those kind of stats, right? So I'm 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 all in on him. Whether he's wherever he, I added him just before uh, before the All Star break when Trinan went down, because I thought this was a little bit more serious than people were letting on. But do you think like, who is the closer in a month? Oh, I, th- I, I think it's Hendricks. Like, let's put it this way. If he continues to perform well, right? He hasn't given up a run in you know. I don't know, like three weeks. If he's performing well, I think it's an if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's not like Trinan is, you know, Kenley Jansen or Aldis Chapman, uh, some kind of, you know, guy like that. I think that if Hendricks is pitching well, it's like an if it ain't broke, don't fix it situation, in my opinion. Yeah. And boy, Trinan's having a bad year. As a Trinan owner, I, I'm not dropping him yet. But yeah, it, if in a month he's not the closer and it's clear that Hendricks is, then yeah, we'll have a, we'll renew this conversation in a few weeks. So I sent you uh, the most added list, Dane, and yep. it's a bunch of guys who are somewhere between like 30 and 70% owned at the top. Denelson Lamette, Danny Jansen, Alex Young, who's an Arizona starting pitcher, Andrew Kashner, Danny Salazar, and Michael Pineda. When you look at that list of Lamette, Jansen, Alex Young, Kashner, Salazar, Pineda, is there one, one or two that jump out of you as like, oh, they are must-owns? I don't know about must owns. I am intrigued by Lamento. Um, you know, this guy coming off the Tommy John, it's been so it's been so long, 18 months, right? But he was sitting in his first start back. He was sitting in like 96, 97. So it looked there, it looked good there. And he was facing, I believe it was the Dodgers when he put up just that exact line that I think Scott mentioned, like five innings, seven Ks, and only two runs. And if he can do that against the Dodgers, it stands to reason that he can have those kind of starts moving forward. I'm intrigued by Lament, uh, by the way, uh, by that comeback as a kind of new asset. So I'm, uh, that's someone that I would add. But honestly, I go a little bit further down the list and I am very intrigued by Ramon Laureano out of Oakland. Okay, I think, listen, this guy has, what, 25, 25 potential, you know, in just in just uh, in his rookie year. I think in dynasty leagues, you definitely have to consider him. But that's a guy that I would um, I would be interested in. And I think you can get him in about 40 percent of leagues right now. He may be the guy who I think that one of the other fill in the blanks things like if you own him, he can help a lot of teams win in the second half. That's my guy right there. I'm glad you mentioned it. I was about to talk about Ramon Laureano. I picked him up yesterday. I dropped yeah. I dropped Oscar Mercado. That was an easy call. He is 68% owned, so Laureano, even if you know, even if it's just a hot streak, it's an extended one at this point. Sure. Ride it out and enjoy it. Um, Chris, we got AJ Pollock, who's 78% owned. Does that seem right to you? You've been kind of the Pollock guy. Yeah, I think we'll see how he does when he comes back, but I remain optimistic just because the last time we actually saw him healthy, he was hitting incredibly well and he was a swing change guy and it really looked like it had worked for him. He was on pace for by far career high in home runs. Then he fractured his thumb. Then he comes back this season. He's dealing with this infection. Uh, I would assume pretty much from day one. I I don't Um, think so. So problem, but yeah, I I think it's, it's not a guarantee. And picking him with a top 100 pick like I was doing coming into the season clearly did not work out. But he was dropped in a lot of leagues. He's still available in a fifth 
of cbssports.com leagues and that's the kind of that's the kind of guy when you're looking on the waiver wire who can be an impact bat and and I definitely think if he's still available in your league and you have a roster spot to spare go get him okay and finally Scott um Dylan Cease is 66% owned how would you rank Dylan Cease with Denelson Lamed and Michael Pineda who basically have the same ownership Hmm. I I like all three. I'd want to own all three. Uh, I I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go cease number one there. I, I usually prefer to chase the upside when it's a possible. Like I, I'm, obviously, there's upside for all three of those guys. So I'm not even sure how much that argument applies. But I do think cease has the most. And uh, I think also probably there has been the most attention paid to him since he's top prospect call up so if his next start is great he's the one that somebody else is more likely to grab than the other two probably so yeah i'd go cease finally last things i, I promise danny duffy is 36 percent owned he's facing detroit tonight i like it as a streamer especially if you're playing a three-day week and you don't have enough starts to fill out your roster or you know as many as you want look at danny duffy 36 percent owned Let's. Uh, the spotlight was on Chris Towers for a while, but we're going to let him go. Goodbye, Chris. Get the heck out of here and enjoy your weekend already. Bye. Bye, man. Take it easy. Yeah, we'll get it done. Have a good one. Uh, all right. Cranky Chris is out of here. So now we're putting the spotlight on Dane Martinez, fellow Yankees fan. That's terrific. Um, all right. I want some second-half takes from you, guys you like, guys you don't like. What do you got for us? Sure. And, you know, one of the things I always say on my show, first of all, Adam, is like I try to not just give you a fish. I try to teach you how to fish. OK. <laughs> and so I think that's really important because I'll give you some guys, but I want to put some overall things out there first. OK. Some of these guys that I'm going to be fading are because of. I'm worried about innings limits for some guys that are coming up, okay? There are some guys that were great in the first half that I'm just worried that when you need them in your push to the fantasy playoffs or in your fantasy playoffs, they're going to have starts skipped. They're going to be pulled after five innings, things of that nature. And so I think the Atlanta Braves are really at risk for this. A guy like Max Fried, for example, okay? The highest he's ever pitched, the most innings he's ever gone is 118 and two-thirds, okay? He's already at 98 and two-thirds right now. You know, so how how many more starts are we going to get out of him? You know, and the Braves have even come out and said that when it relates to Freed, when it relates to Soroka, they are going to watch this. They are going to manage this. So I'm a little bit worried about guys like that. I mean, I think they're great. Chris Paddock almost falls into the same area for me, okay? This is a guy who threw 90 innings last year, is already at 82, and the catch here is he's a Scott Boris client. Okay, we've seen Scott Boris do this before with Matt Harvey, with Stroudsburg. So that's something I'd watch out for. Okay, yeah. And kind of overall ideas here of people that I might sell for 80 cents on the dollar, you know, and then another kind of thing um, that it's conceptually here. And this may be I know if you're listening to this podcast, you could be deep in like an AL or NL only league, you know, guys that might move. Guys that might get traded and evaporate from your player universe, I think, are a big-time concern. Like, say, like a Marcus Stroman, for example, or Zach Wheeler that we were talking about. What are you going to do now? You've been riding a guy like Stroman, you know, as, your, as, as one of your top three SPs, and what do you do if he's just gone, if he gets traded to the Padres or something like that? So these are some of the things in the bullpen.
bullpen. A lot of closers could be on the move. Kirby Yates, Shane Green, Felipe Vasquez, you know. So those are things I really look out for at this point of the season um, to try to get ahead of it so you're not left holding the bag just in case innings limit or trade impacts kind of happen. But in terms of um, – kind of what I call my diamonds in the rough guys that I think you can uh, grab right now. AJ Pollock is one of them. I agree. I think the other thing I do is I follow the money. They gave him four years, 55 million. They're going to give him every opportunity to play. I think if you're a Verdugo owner, it could be a problem. I'm on, listen, I'm on Kevin Biggio. Okay. As someone who could, who could kind of uh, help you out in the second half. We talked about the second base position. He had a 59% hard hit rate in June. Okay. And he has only like a 220 average, but that hard hit rate could show to me that something could be clicking a little bit for him. So I'd be intrigued to follow him in the second half. And one arm for me is uh, Brandon Woodruff. All right. Like this is a guy, I mean, his BABIP, the BABIP against him in June was 361. That's going to have some positive regression. He's in June, he had a 478 ERA, but his FIP was 265. His ex-FIP was 301. I think those are numbers, peripheral numbers that will help him, um, you know, kind of be a little bit better moving forward. So I think you're in for a kind of an increase in uh, – uh, productivity or satisfaction when it comes to Woodruff. And he's, you know, he's had a decent season yeah. already. Yeah. Good. That's, I would call him a buy high. I, I you know, okay. Yeah. Be, because somebody offered me Woodruff for Gary Sanchez. No, oh, really? And it's like, I, if I were drafting today, I'd probably take Sanchez over Woodruff, but I, it just, it's just because of track record, you know, yeah. but, I think it's a, I think it's a reasonable deal. I think Woodruff could be that valuable. There's just so many strikeouts there. And, yeah, I just uh, yeah. I wonder, Dane, because you brought up the concern with the innings limit. How how concerned would you be if that applies uh, there for for Woodruff? Yeah, because I mean, uh, hasn't pitched much the past couple yeah. of years. I think his career high in the minors was 164, and that was back in 2017 or something. Yeah, I think I think that's valid. I think that's possible. You know, um, but also the the Brewers are going to need every start they can get, right? right? As right. opposed to say the Dodgers, right? With a guy like even a Walker Bueller type, you know, who would oh my God, he's at the top of my rotation in a lot of leagues. You know, if they say oh you can only go 170 this year, that would really be a problem but I think the the Brewers are going to need him more down the stretch so maybe they push it a little further with him uh, yeah, so think, uh, I, sorry Scott let me just give the numbers that you were referencing last year Woodruff pitched 103 and two-thirds or somebody mm. said 113 and two-thirds it's one of the two um and he last and this year he's thrown 108 so he's basically at where he was um in 2018 it was 2016 Scott when Woodruff threw 158 innings that was a season there high there you go. Yeah. So, to get Scott, the, talk the correction there. No, no well, not a correction. Just it, I wanted to write a clarify. Talk about yeah. Scott. What you think about Woodruff, and also what you talked about with the Braves guys earlier this week. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty much on the same page with Woodruff. I mean, the the Brewers don't have another good starting pitcher. He's so clearly their ace that I I think it might be. I, I was surprised how the Dodgers kind of turned Walker Bueller used loose last year when he had mm. even more uh concerning innings history there and and they had other starting pitcher options so i mean if if the dodgers are kind of willing to throw caution to the wind in that way i i think it's reasonable to expect any team who's going to be in the playoff mix to do that and i'd actually heard i'd, I'd actually seen something different uh an interview with alex anthopoulos braves gm uh, i think it was on the athletic where he kind of and i didn't totally believe him but it was a pretty convincing answer where he, he talked about how he 
he doesn't really believe in innings limits for the young guys, how he's planning to just ride Soroka and Max Freed uh, as far as as far as they need to take them. Again, I don't really believe him, uh, but he had pointed to past instances during his time with the Blue Jays, during his time with the Dodgers, where I, we tried it with this guy and he still got hurt. We tried it with this guy and he still got hurt. Like, so I'm, I still think, I, I still expect them to at least skip some starts down the stretch, give guys like Tuki Tucson a chance, right. Kyle Wright another chance. So I, I, I don't totally believe them, but... It, but it, even it if does. they start him and they pull them after five, you know, you know, you get like, let's say you're in a quality starts league. Right. And they pull them 90 pitches, stuff like that. That still hampers, you know, the value that you think you have going into it with these guys. Yeah. I, I Freed has struggled enough, I think, recently to skip him a couple times. I'd be interested to see what happens with Soroka. But yeah, I just want to say it's also worth noting that Freed and I don't know. I, I guess well, he was in the rotation from the very beginning, right? He hasn't spent any time in the minors this year. He's no, only on pace. So. He's on pace for less than 180 innings. So just if he sustains that pace, it's not like a crazy number we're talking about. If there's one player in a dynasty league that I am higher on than anyone, I would say it's probably Max Freed. Like I really like him. There's been some skepticism about him, and he's having a really good year. Uh, 429 ERA is not great, but strikeout printing, good control. Like I really like Max Freed. I think the future is bright for Freed. I don't know if the second half of 2018 is bright for of 19 is bright for Freed Scott, but I I really like him yeah. next He's year. He's a guy who's underperformed his ex-fit. I mean, you know, so many pitchers we talk about, you know, we see wow, he's doing great, but look how high the ex-fit is and Freed's the other way. Uh great ground ball pitcher. Him and Soroka both have that in common. Neither is, you know, even a strikeout per inning guy. Soroka is not particularly close to that, but you can make up for it with ground ball rates that high. Um, so yeah, I, I think Freed's numbers should be better than they are. Uh, I yeah, I'm. It, it's going to be interesting to see as these innings pile up in the second half if 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 he's going to rebound from this recent rough stretch or if he's going to continue to slide. Because I, I could see it going either way. But I yeah. do like the skills for Max Freed, and I do agree he's definitely a dynasty asset. All right, let's read some emails to finish the show at fantasybaseball.cbsi.com. Dan, we only have about five minutes left, so we probably have to answer these sort of quickly. I Fair do enough. this to my guys all the time. Like, here's a question that's really interesting. Answer it in 15 seconds. Uh, <laughs> this is from Mike. Basically wants to know, does Andrew Benintendi's batted ball data suggest his second half will be significant better than his, significantly better than his first? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, why, why not? You know, you want me to give you a quick, concise answer? Sure. I'll trust Benintendi moving forward. And, and the, the note in the email was also that he's undroppable, right? So in that situation, it doesn't matter. But no, I'm, 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 I'm down to even as a Yankee fan. Adam, I'm down to still uh, have some faith in Benatendi. His fly ball rate is way up, so he should be, you know, having more power. But I, I, yeah. Andrew Benatendi has not homered in a long time. I'm just like I can't even blame the counting stats anymore because the Red Sox are the I think the second highest scoring team in baseball now. So he's just having a crappy year. It will probably get better. It's just a question of how good is Andrew Benatendi really. Um, from Jordan, with AJ Pollock coming off the IL, who should I drop to make room for Pollock? Jackie Bradley Jr., Jorge Soler, Yandy Diaz, or Dan Vogelbach? Dan, what do you think? You know, 
generally, I the thing is, or do I not take Pollock? You know, I believe in Pollock, but like I also kind of want to see it before I invest in it. But if I was gonna cut one of these guys, and this is just a personal preference, I I have always been lower on Jorge Soler than most. I just I just always have. I don't know that I believe in his quote unquote light tower power. You know that sort of thing, and you know. The Royals' offense just does not excite me. So if it was going to be someone that I was lower on, it would be Solaire. But I would sort of kind of wait to see if Pollock, uh, you know, hits the ground running starting this weekend in Boston. Scott, who would you cut? Solaire, Bradley, Yandy Diaz, or Dan Vogelbach? Uh, I'd cut Bradley, I, I, acknowledging that he's been much better over the past few weeks than his overall season numbers. Um, it, it changes probably a little depending on the format. Uh, like Yandy Diaz is much better in points leagues. So if you weren't in a points league, you could think about him. But Pollock does rank pretty low on this list for players. I'd, I'd want a roster. I would put Bradley behind him, though. Okay. Uh, this is from Irving. Dane, I'll give this one to you. Would you drop Armand Marquez for Jack Flaherty or Dylan Cease? <sighs> you know... I know Herman Marquez is clearly the best Colorado Rocky out there, but you know the idea of course field is something that you can't really trust on a consistent basis, right? So I'd be comfortable with that, sure. Scott, for you from Sean, what is your opinion of Eric Lauer rest of season? He's been pretty great other than at Coors Field. Huh. That's true. Yeah, well, how is he being pretty great? Because he's not missing a lot of bats. He's not a great ground ball pitcher. Uh, he has avoided home runs, but I don't think in a way that's believable. Um, curious what his XFIP is, because I'd imagine it's much higher than the ERA. And I'm not sure how quickly I'm going to be able to pull that up. But yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Eric Lauer. I would not be putting much trust in him. 465 is the XFIP. Yeah, but but that obviously includes the the two Colorado starts, that's 13 earned runs and five and two thirds. You take that out, you know, and Eric Lauer probably has a low, low to mid three ZRA. But yeah, the strikeout rate is pretty damn low. So it's, it's kind of hard to believe. And I'll let both of you answer this one. I was surprised at my own answer when push came to shove from Garrison. I just got offered Mookie bets for Charlie Blackman in a 10 team five by five categories league. What would you do? And I answered Garrison, and I, I started writing. I typed out, I'd take bets over Blackman, and then I backspaced, oh, and I said man. no. In a Don't cat- send. In a categories league with the way Coors Field is playing this year, there is no justification for taking Mookie Betts over Charlie Blackman. His batting average, his power, his stat, everything but steals. Blackman is crushing Mookie Betts. Probably not runs. Betts still scored a ton of runs. I got to take Charlie Blackman over Betts. I'm sorry. I got to do it. Uh, I'm not. Go ahead, Scott. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm not taking Charlie Blackman over Mookie Betts because I, I, what you have to remember about Charlie Blackman when you look at his numbers is – uh, he entered June batting 300 with a 921 OPS. I mean, still good, but like we're catching him at the end of like a ridiculous hot streak. You know who wishes he entered June with a 921 OPS? Yeah, Mookie Scott. Betts. <laughs> yeah, His numbers aren't that far off from that. Though. Uh, he's got an a yeah 860 ish OPS, 859 I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on the Blackman side. Like, you talk about this being like a ridiculous hot streak. 
at what point is it not a, a hot streak? It's just this is who Charlie Blackman is. Right. You know what I mean? It's not that. So that's the way I would see it. And I, I agree with you. I think I would lean towards Blackman. It's two out of three years where Blackman's completely elite. Also, here's a fun stat. No, I'm not saying he's not elite. Yeah, no, I get I it. I mean, since the start of June, he is a 395 Babbitt. Which so. is which is not that crazy in Coors Field. Like he could have it's a three fifty Babbitt, but those gaps yeah. are wide. <laughs> like, we're, there. we're talking in the trade chart. We're talking about the difference between my number four player and my number right. fifteen player. So you know, I'm not I'm not trying to trash Charlie Blackman here. Why but... do you hate Charlie Blackman yes, so guy. much? <laughs> well, I I take bets in a points league. This is a category. It's like bets has actually outscored Charlie Blackman in points, but Blackman way ahead of him in roto and categories. And last note here. It's just kind of funny. Blackman's batting 330. Betts is batting 273. That is 57 points more of batting average for Blackman. And Betts has a higher OBP. <laughs> Betts has 48 more walks than Charlie wow. Blackman this year. So if it's an OBP league, maybe I take Betts. But if it's a batting yeah. average league, I gotta take I gotta take Charlie Blackman. Uh, who actually who scored more runs? Betts has scored 10 more runs. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Dave, thank you for joining us. Follow him. On Twitter, wait, what, it was uh, at Spittin' Speeds with a Z. There you go, man. It's, it's great to hear from you. We appreciate you coming on. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot, guys. For Scott, for Dane, for Chris, I'm Adam. Have a great weekend to all of you out there. We'll talk to you Monday on Fantasy Baseball. Today.